Perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody, and it's a pleasure to have you listening. Regardless of how you are doing so, whether it's on Breadbox Media, Evangelism Radio, or right here on Patchwork Heart Radio, it is a pleasure to be with you today, no matter where you are. Um, Today, my guest is Doug Barry. He is a devoted husband, father, and founder of Radix Battle Ready, a Catholic apostolate that focuses on encouraging and strengthening men, women, and youth to be better prepared to fight the battles that we all face in the world today, body, mind, and soul. Since 1992, he has traveled both nationally and internationally, speaking to young and old alike through television, radio, and live appearances. Doug, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for spending time with me here today on Young Catholics Respond. Well, it's great to be with you. I appreciate the chance. So, Doug, your ministry really focuses on being battle-ready. Uh, we live in a culture that is uh, under attack for Catholics <laughs> out there. Lots going on. Uh, how do we respond to that culture? What are the things we need to do to be battle-ready and well-prepared? Well, you know, one of the things that, that uh, you know, we're seeing within this attack is, is uh, a tremendous push to soften us up. I look at it that way very easily. Um, you know, there's a great quote uh, I heard years ago from an old John Wayne movie where he played Genghis Khan, which I know many people probably haven't even seen this movie. It's not that, that well done. But there's a quote in there that when you get too comfortable, you get soft. When you get soft, you get weak. When you get weak, you can't fight. And if you can't fight, you'll die. And it's a very simple and very succinct quote that just gets to the heart of it, is that, you know, our world is softening us up in the sense that our technology, our ease, we have climate control in our house, in our car, our car seats. Uh, you know, the passenger can have a different uh, climate than the driver. Uh, you can adjust all of this. We are so comfortable on so many levels. And some would say, well, I'm not comfortable enough. And that's kind of a goal that many people strive for is to be as comfortable as possible, have as much pleasure and leisure, uh, as much recreation, you know, make a lot of money, retire early. Uh, this is the goal for a lot of our, of our world today, a lot of our mindset, especially in the Western culture. So I, I see what's happening is, is this softening up that is taking place. So what we need to do to be battle-ready in general is we need to, number one, not be afraid uh, uh, of, the, uh, of the difficulties. You know, the fact that we're going to be disappointed in life, we're going to have challenges, we're going to disagree with people, we're going to have moments where we're going to be sick, we're going to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're, going to, we're going to stub our toe. These things are going to happen, and, and even worse, we're going to have other problems. As Christians especially, and especially as Catholics, we have to be able to adapt to these things. We have to be able to assess situations, adapt to them. You know, the old marine adage, uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Uh, you know, we have to realize that we are going to be hit with things in our world. We're being hit with things in our world. And we need to, on a very spiritual and natural level, be prepared, which means we have to go through training and preparation. This is not something that's very popular to talk about when you talk about even physical training. People like that when it comes to athletics, sports. You know, we want to know that our athletes are well-trained, they're practicing hard. You know, and, and there's a great quote, too. I love this one, is you only fight the way you train. You know, and you, you understand this when it comes to sports. You want to make sure that you know, you're training, you're practicing in a way that, that's going to get you ready for the game, for the big competition. You don't want to practice half-hearted and then expect that you're going to play great. It's just not going to work. You know, and if you're going to practice hard and train hard for anything, you need to, you need to, you need to suffer through it. 
you know, I have a good friend who's been, you know, EOD military for 30 plus years now. And, and this guy, you know, he's been all over the world. He's been through everything you can imagine. And, you know, his, his, one of his favorite sayings is, there's no growth without pain. Right, there has to be some sort of suffering and pain in order for us to toughen up and be ready for the battles that we're facing. It's going to be emotional, psychological, it's going to be physical. But I think on a natural level, there's this something inside of us that has become so, so um, lost, so confused when it comes to you know, what our purpose is as, as Christians, as Catholics, and especially as men. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on focusing on the fact that men have become particularly soft. You know, one of the things that really, you know, I, I would say frustrates me is when I hear guys in their 20s, even 20s and early 30s, talking about their glory days of when they were in high school and they were in great shape. And they talk about, oh, yeah, when I was in the football field, you'd have never wanted to mess with me then because I was this fast and I could do this and I could do that. <laughs> and I, I could knock out 100 push-ups in a minute or two minutes. Okay, well, what can you do now? Well, I can do about 15 or 20. But, boy, back when I was in high school, you wouldn't want to mess with me then. <laughs> and, and, and there's something about that that's just wrong. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm in my early 50s. I still work out. I hit the weights. I work out. I run. I, I hit the bag. I mean, I, I do firearms training, martial arts training. I do this, you know, two, three, four, four or five days a week sometimes, just at least 20, 30 minutes. Got to stay sharp. Got to stay on edge. You got to be ready. You know, you never know when God is going to put you in a position or situation where you're called upon to have to use the body that he gave you to engage in some sort of crisis or conflict to bring the gospel by helping someone. And it could be something... You know, where you're, you're, help, you're pushing a car off the train tracks, it's stalled. You could be just helping someone across the street. You need to be physically capable. You might be, you might be in a situation you've got to bust through a wall and a fire and save somebody. And it might be a situation where you have to physically defend, you know, against a bad guy who's trying to hurt you, your loved ones, or, or someone in a parking lot somewhere. And a lot of us have, um, have become very soft. So I think that's the first thing for me is, to try to get this message across that we have to, we have to not live in this world of, of, of leisure and pleasure and, and, and things that make us soft. I mean, those things have their place, no question, but they have to be properly placed so that we don't let them dominate us, soften us so much that we become so weak that we can't fight. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's a lot of things, as you mentioned, temptation out there to become soft. And what, what is it that about this culture, because we live in this in this culture where we're constantly bombarded by this there's there's over-the-counter drugs there are illegal drugs there are all these different things um, in our in our society that that tempt us to get soft what what how how do you combat that mindset like what what is somebody listening to this may have just had a huge wakening up moment right now. They might have just woken up and go, wow, I can't believe I've been living in this bubble. So, so what, what do we do? Like, what are the, what are the, some practical steps? Well, I, I, you know, when people come to me sometimes and, and I, I'll, I'll do, you know, I'll do basic self-defense things for people. I'll, I'll, you know, small classes, you know, here at my place, you know, we'll, we'll do training, things of this nature. Um, you know, I say to them the same physically, the same thing I would say to them spiritually. You know, if you want to grow spiritually, you don't all of a sudden do an hour of adoration every day, daily mass, confession once a week, you know, and read, uh, you know, Fire Within by Father Dubé about, about you know, uh, uh, Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross. I mean, that's pretty heavy. That's a lot to take in in one shot. Same thing when it comes to physical. I wouldn't say to somebody who's not in any kind of reasonable shape, you know, okay, let's get out of bed. You're going to run three miles, and you're going to hit the weights, and you're going to this. You're going to, you know, you're going to, people are going to drop, you know, quickly, and, you know, and it's not going to be effective. I, you know, you've got to start, though. You have to start. And that's the first thing I would say, start, okay? And what do I mean by that? 
get out of bed at a decent time. Okay, a lot of people just want to sleep in. They get up. There's no, there's no. I, I would say order to even the way they function throughout a day. There's no, no sense of discipline in the way they function. You're not going to get these things done by simply being motivated. Motivated is is good, but it does not stand alone. There's an old saying by you know guys who've been in combat. You know, motivation has its place, but it's like emotion. It kind of comes and goes. What I want in a foxhole in the middle of a fight is discipline. I want someone who has made the choice and has committed to discipline. And that starts, for some people, it, it's not so, so big a deal. They can, they can get right into it. There are some people, though, that have to start slow. You know, you know, again, one of my favorite sayings is a retired Navy SEAL commander who said, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And I think that's a, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great speech he gives. It's a commencement speech at a, co- speech at a college. But it's a great beginning because he says you wake up in the morning and make your bed you've accomplished something it's small but you've done it i would say go one step further and set a time you're going to get up and get up on that time you know get that get that alarm clock going get yourself up and the moment that alarm clock goes off tell yourself i'm up i'm moving that's your first step spin around put your feet on the floor get up yeah make the bed get yourself ready for the day order that part of your world order and discipline have everything to do with accomplishing all of this spiritually and physically order and discipline and the church has taught this for centuries we know the church has been adamant about a sense of order you know religious orders i mean there's something to these these rules these rules and regs if you want to call it within the church that makes sense we're built for order and saint augustine talks about that is that we're built for order because you know when you have the absence of order the absence of order is chaos okay but order brings peace and the order he's talking about primarily is the order with god but God is about having things function with a disciplined manner that accomplishes the goal, accomplishes the task, and ultimately bears fruit. As Gospel John talks about, we're supposed to bear fruit and glorify God by doing that. Well, you don't do that without a sense of discipline or order. So what do we do? Start in the morning. Get up at a decent time. Consistently get up, make that bed, get yourself in order, and get moving. Don't sit around for two hours or an hour or whatever your, your deal is drinking your coffee. Then there are other people who are not so much in order, and they get up and they rush out the door. They're in such a hurry, they've got to get out because they, they've not put things in a proper order to have at least a peaceful start of the day. So there has to be a sense of discipline and order and peace to get the day started. Throughout the day, I'm a big fan. I posted this on my Facebook page recently. Is, is the, the decision to succeed is not a one-time decision. And when I say succeed, I'm looking at it in the overall picture. Spiritually, we need to succeed. All right? And that's a decision we have to make because we have to cooperate with the grace of God. Far too many people put this on God, saying, well, I'm just going to trust Jesus. He'll take care of everything. Well, he will to a point, but because he's given us free will, we have to cooperate with that. And so yes. you can't just sit back and say, I'm going to trust Jesus and not put food in the refrigerator. It'll show up. Well, then everybody just stop working, and let's see if the food shows up in the refrigerator. Well, with that same idea, I think we have to realize that you know, if, if we're going to uh, succeed spiritually, we have to cooperate with God's grace. We have to, to practice the virtue okay, in order for that grace to function within us and make us, you know, trans- or let God transform us into saints. But on a natural level, we also have to have a certain degree of succeed, succeeding, excuse me, success. We have to choose to succeed every day. At my vocation, I have to choose to succeed to, to accomplish my job. I have to choose to succeed to make sure that my family's fed and cared for and protected and so forth. So the decision to succeed is not a one-time decision. It is a decision that we make every minute of every day. And so every day we have to be thinking to ourselves, I have a responsibility, I need to be disciplined, and I need to take the little steps throughout the day. 
We're never going to become a great marathon runner by just waking up one day and deciding, I'm running 13 miles today, half a marathon. No, you've got to start by running maybe a block, and then you're running two blocks, and then you're running half a mile, then you're doing a mile, and then you're building yourself up to these things. And I think, again, it's got to start with the discipline. It's got to start with putting things in order, and it might have to be the very, call it baby steps if you want, but it does have to start, and it's a choice everybody has to make. Wonderful stuff. Doug, um, thank you so much for really highlighting for our listeners that it is one foot in front of the other mentality. You know, uh, there are so many people that try to jump right in and say, I'm going to do all this. And as you said, it's not going to, you're not going to succeed at it. But success is those little steps, those little decisions. It as simple as making a bed. So young adults out there listening to this uh, on, on podcast or on the radio, uh, we, we really encourage you to just make one small change, one little thing to start you on the path to success. But right now, I've got to take a short break here, Doug. When we come back, we're going to talk with you more about that spiritual training because, you know, grace builds upon nature. The, the uh, temporal leads to the spiritual uh, as, as the natural order is revealed. So uh, we're, going to t- we're going to be right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Stay tuned. you want to keep your finger on the pulse of Patchwork Heart Ministry, follow our monthly blog, Written on Our Hearts. Simply go to patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com and click subscribe and follow the on-screen instructions. That's patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com, then click subscribe. Our Blessed Mother wants only the best for her children and has given us a special place where she promises to help all those who appeal to her motherly love and protection. Telling Saint Juan Diego that here I will alleviate the sufferings of all those who love me and seek my protection. That holy place is now the site of the beautiful Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. If you would like to learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit vivaguadalupe.org for more information. Our Lady may be calling you now. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I am Bill Snyder. Today, my guest is Doug Barry, uh, the founder of Battle Ready Strong Ministries and uh, Radix Ministries. He is uh, talking with us all about being battle ready. Uh, in the first half of the inter- interview, we really focused in on the the temporal nature of you know getting up out of bed uh, every day, uh, putting your feet on the floor at a consistent time. Uh, that'll help you win battles. But as Catholics. We know grace builds upon nature, and and so we're led to something beyond uh, ourselves. When we become disciplined, we look for something more. We know life has something more to it, um, and and we can quickly see, you know, through our temporal circumstances, that the Catholic Church is under attack in so many different ways. So so Doug, how do we spiritually prepare uh, for this onslaught that we're just seeing constantly in our society? You know, boy, we don't have enough time, obviously, to cover everything. Uh, let's just hit some of the highlights on this. Yeah. Look, we're, body, we're body and soul. Okay, we're physical and we're spiritual beings. We cannot discount one or the other. Uh, God created Adam and Eve to be body and soul. Death was not the, that was not the plan originally. That, that is not normal. That's why we're, we're resurrected with our bodies in the end. We get back to the originally created. 
and everything's going to be better then. Okay, we're you know if we're on the right side, that is. Okay, <laughs> things are going to be a lot better <laughs> if we're on the right side. Okay, none of these little glitches in the body. We're not going to have those anymore. Um, if we're on the other side, the, the, the side of, of hell and damnation, it's going to be a lot worse than we could ever imagine. However, we're physical and we're spiritual beings. Both need to be addressed. The teaching of the church is clear on this. We're supposed to take care of the health, paragraph 2288. We're supposed to be even prepared for self-defense. You know, that's paragraph 2263, 64, and 65. In the catechism, the teaching of the church is clear about taking care of the body, protecting human life, and so forth and such. All right. Spiritually, this is the aspect that drives everything else. You know, as the order goes, you could say that there's an order of like three levels that we function in. We have a, a natural human level, which is emotions, feelings, physical desires, and such. And then we have an intellectual level, you know, what we're thinking, what we're, you know, reason. We understand uh, reason and truth. And then the third level is spiritual. Most people have this where the spiritual is submissive to the intellect. The intellect is submissive or subordinate to the physical. In other words, we're driven by our physical nature, what we want to do. If I want to sleep in, I sleep in. Do I think I need to go to church? Well, I might, but my physical desire is saying you want to sleep in. And my spiritual desire is, is, is left in the back of the bus. Okay, because my physical and intellectual are saying it's not that big a deal, and physically I just want to sleep in. Okay, that's one simple example. It needs to be the other way around. Okay, spiritually, our lives need to be directed by that most important aspect. Or, excuse me, our lives need to be directed by the spiritual aspect, is what I should say, which means that everything needs to be subordinate to that. So my, my physical needs to be submissive or subordinate to the intellectual, which means my mind is telling my body, okay, you're out of shape, you need to exercise. You've eaten too much, you've got to stop eating. You can't eat this because this is killing you. Okay, the doctor comes to you and says, let me explain to you intellectually how physically you're going to die if you don't change the way you're living. Okay, so physical has to be submissive to the intellectual. Intellectual has to be submissive to the spiritual. Okay, and far too many people have reached this point where they intellectualize God, and they think, well, God, I, can't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, so it must not be true. Prove God or else. Okay, this sort of thing. And we know that those are major, major attacks in the church. Okay, because faith doesn't necessarily, I mean, faith, God, God reserves this aspect of faith, as an old spiritual director said to me. He always reserves an aspect of faith to everything. So that science can even say, well, we think we have all this figured out. God still says, uh-uh, there are certain things I'm not going to let you have. You know, and I think one of the greatest, greatest examples is uh, the miracle of the sun in, Oct in 1917, October 13th, where defying intellect, defying anything and everything on a natural human level, this massive miracle of the sun spinning in the sky before 70,000-plus people takes place. So God always reserves something to the faith. Now, all that being said, that's the first place we need to be getting into these things. Because spiritually speaking, when I wake up in the morning, what gets me out of bed isn't always the discipline of, on a natural level, I need to do this, 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 A, B, C, and D. That's important. But what ultimately drives me, especially when I'm down or discouraged, and everybody goes through that at one time or another to varying degrees, when I'm down or discouraged, what drives me is my relationship with God. Okay, now some people, I think, will take that relationship with God part, and they will, they will say, I have this deep relationship with God, therefore I don't have to do some of these physical things. Well, that, that doesn't work either. You know, as a uh, old priest friend of mine would say, look, you cannot divorce or separate out the physical and the spiritual. We're both, and we, but the spiritual has to drive even the physical. So this grace builds on nature. This, there's something about this combination, this mysterious combination of, of how we live our lives on a natural level and spiritually what's going on internally and interiorly. Another example how we know this is so deeply connected is whenever we lose interior battles, spiritual battles, they will manifest in the physical. 
I would say anybody married longer than a week knows this. If you lose the interior battle of an argument, or, or excuse me, feelings to argue with your spouse, you're upset, you're angry, you want to you, you wanna lash out, and you lose that battle inside that says, be patient, be calm, and you break and give in, pretty soon you're speaking out in ways that are wrong. Maybe you're slamming doors. And for some people, it can reach the point of even domestic violence. So interior battles have to, have to be fought 24-7, 365. Every second of every day, we have to realize there's this spiritual battle. How do we prepare for that? We have to have a relationship with God. St. John Paul II said there was no new program. There's no new way to do it. it is, there's, there's only one person, and that is Christ. And if we don't have the relationship with Christ, we are not going to win these battles. And the relationship with Christ, best developed and formed, is through prayer and sacraments. There's no other way around it. If you want the best relationship with our Lord, there has to be a prayer life daily, consistently. As Scripture says, pray ceaselessly, which means we're not supposed to ever cease with this prayerful relationship with God. And number two, there has to be a sacramental life. If you really want to grow you know, in, in, in strength and being able to battle, regular, regular reception of the sacrament of confession and, and reverent reception of Holy Communion. There has to be an acknowledgement that we're receiving our Lord in communion. There has to be an acknowledgement and recognition of the reality of, of what is happening here, this mystery. And this is where the strength comes from. You know, when I work out, if, if I'm lifting weights, I don't care who the person is, and they're going to take, they're really tearing the body down, you know, in a good way. They're tearing the muscles down. They've got to replenish it, so they've got to eat right. The nutrition has everything to do with rebuilding the body. You may even add some supplements in there, protein supplements, multivitamins, and so forth. That's, in effect, or in a sense, what's going on with the prayer life, spiritual life, sacramental life. If we don't have the sacramental life, the prayer life, we don't rebuild in the midst of the, of the battles. We don't strengthen. We don't learn how to fight. A good friend of mine, Father Richard Heilman, also says, you know, um, one of his quotes is, you know, you get your marching orders through your prayer life. Okay, if you're going to learn how to fight this fight, you've got to have the prayer life, because that's where we're taught. That's where the, the company commanders, you know, the saints, if you want to call them that, you know, uh, intercede for us. And that's where our Lord himself, the commander-in-chief, gives us the instruction on how to engage in the battle. It has to be through prayer. But also, on top of that, I would say the sacramentals are critical. You know, enroll in the brown scapula if you haven't. Make sure you've got holy water in your home. I bless my wife, my kids, my home with holy water every day. Um, I had a priest tell me that 27 years ago or so now. He said, look, bless your wife, your kids, because the devil's trying to destroy your family, and especially as the head of the house. He said, you're the head of the house. You're the first line of defense. What are you doing about it? And he taught me, told me, bring holy water home, put a drop on your finger, trace the sign of the cross on the forehead of your wife, on your children. Uh, when my wife is pregnant with children, we have, we're having kids when we were younger, you know, I, I bless the womb. You know, this is something. And then I bless the house, too. We just sprinkle holy water here and there, put the sign of the cross above the doorways, this is fighting the spiritual fight. This is a natural, physical interaction with the sacramentals, allowing the grace of God to function. It's a powerful thing to do. So holy water, blessed salt, brown scapular, or scapulars in general, brown scapular in particular, though. You know, these are great weapons and, you know, religious items in the home, blessed items in the home. These are all critical. I mean, exorcists have made this clear to us by pointing out that the devil fears these things, fears these practices, fears these religious items. This has been proven over and over by exorcists who have been in the thick of some of the most intense battles that the world will ever know. Yeah. Um, so, Doug, there's so much uh, that you unpacked for us there, and uh, really do appreciate it. the the um, the The person struggling struggling spiritually um, out there right now. I mean, there's there's a 
host of you know young adults out there that uh, might be listening to this. I also have an audience uh, as well with this podcast, awesome. um, and there's a lot of people out there with with spiritual struggles, and um, I I think your formula of of you know train both body and mind is so important because because there's a direct connection between the two. But somebody who uh, maybe is very well physically, you know, I mean, a lot of young people do go to the gym. They do practice, you know, good physical stuff. I, I, anytime fitness, anytime I'm there, it's mostly young people there that are, that are, you know, working out, but their spiritual lives might be a mess. How, how, how do they, how do they, um, what, what is a tip for them to, to orient their spiritual life, get their spiritual life kick-started when they're doing all the other things right when they when they've got all the other things right where do they start spiritually uh, you know i that's i love that question and i've had those conversations with so many people um just remember your end you know this is one of the great things about ash wednesday and and really if you're even if you're not catholic and you're listening and god bless you that's awesome you know but the scriptures themselves make it very clear you do not know the day you're life of you so, you know, all the flesh that we're dealing with, our bodies, you know, I mean, we're hitting the weight, we want hundreds of reps, thousands of reps, you know, we want the biceps big, we want the, the legs strong, you know, and, and it shouldn't be for vain reasons, by the way. You know, I'm a big fan of the quote, you know, train, train to be vain, um, you know, to prepare the body uh, an instrument for God in this world. However, that being said, you're going to end sooner or later. You know, St. Alphonsus Liguori said that all it takes is one sickness, one virus, to cause complete corruption in the body and kill us, really. I mean cancer, you know, you name it, whatever the sickness is. We know it doesn't take much to undermine us. The flu alone puts you in bed, and all of a sudden everything goes south for a while. So we have to realize this. So I would say to young people out there, you're hitting the weights, you're training hard. This is going to end sooner or later, and you don't know when. And you have an aspect of you called your soul that if that isn't being trained as well, when that end comes for the body, okay, temporary final resurrection, but when that end comes in this natural world for the body, you will have nothing left but the soul. And between the two, the soul and the body, this is just facts. The soul will go on. The body will end up six feet under. You know, uh, we're food for worms, Scripture. Uh, you know, by the worm does not, does not die, the fire does not end. Okay, you know, that's more of a reference to, to damnation, but even the saints will say this. Our bodies become food for worms. You know, we're pushing up daisies. I mean, whatever the quote is to remind us, your flesh will come to an end. So I love the weights, I love the working out, I love the training, I love people who really care about the body, I hope for the right reasons, train to serve, don't train to be vain, but the body's going to end sooner or later, and it may be sooner than later, we don't know. We hear regularly in the news, a car accident, I just heard this yesterday in the Lincoln area, a car accident uh, where I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, several teenagers were in the car, brothers, they were all brothers, I think, oh no, wait, forgive me, this was another day, anyway, um, the 17-year-old is dead, and the brothers are now in the hospital. Okay, you know, prime of your life, you would say, 17 years old, done. Okay, remember this. There's no secret pill, there's no injection I think a person can get. Just like people want to do this for working out. They want to take the pills, they want to get the injection, whether it's steroids <laughs> or some, some amino acid blend. They, they want something they can take and cut back on the hard work. And even motivational speakers in the secular world will say this. There is no excuse for the hard work. You have to put in the time. You have to do the work. You have to put in the hours. You have to decide every day to succeed spiritually and physically. So as you are in the weight room, as you're working out, as you're hitting your miles on the road, whatever your deal is, whatever your exercise gig is, whatever it is, it's going to end, and you have to put the same time into your soul or more, more into your soul. Make that relation. Understand that leap, that jump. 
if I'm putting this much time in the weight room, I've got to be putting more into the spiritual weight room because that is what's going to carry me into the next life. And that is also what's going to guide what happens with my body because if I have a good, strong spiritual life, I mean a good, strong spiritual life is going to lead to a well-ordered, well-practiced physical life. But I guess in simple answer here is there is no, there's no particular way that gets around you have to make the decision to realize the facts. Your body's going to die. You're going to be left with your soul. Train them both, in particular your soul, okay, yeah. because that's what you're going to have left in the end. Amen. Doug, thank you so much for being with me uh, today here on Young Catholics Respond. Uh, we're over time, but I want to make sure um, you get an opportunity to just plug your website and your ministry real quick. You bet. BattleReadyStrong.com. BattleReadyStrong.com. I travel. I speak all over the country. I do conferences, men's groups, parish missions. I've spoken to women's groups, you name it, high schools, confirmation retreats. been doing it for 28 years. So BattleReadyStrong.com. Check out our YouTube channel, which is Doug Berry. YouTube channel, Doug Berry. We've got a great new ebook we just put out on uh, the church's understanding and helping us understand the church's position on self-defense which is something a lot of people don't think about. We really want to encourage that because a lot of us have become soft in that area. Self-defense, new ebook on our website, battlereadystrong.com, Facebook, Doug Berry, YouTube, Doug Berry. Thanks so much, Doug. This has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond here on Patchwork Heart Radio. Until next time, from all of us at Patchwork Heart Ministry, keep beating to your Catholic heart. This has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. For more information about our program or to be a guest, visit patchworkheart.org. Email info at patchworkheart.org or call 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.